What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Band Chats. My name is John Kroom and if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And hey, go ahead and share it with your mom, your grandma, or whoever else you want to listen to this podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. We see the listenership going up and uh, yeah, it's been great. But anyways, let's dive into this week's episode and that is with Lily Williams, world champion on the track and rides with Rally Pro Cycling. We talk about her transition from track running into track cycling and yeah, we talk about the postponement of the 2020 Olympic Games into 2021 and what's that like training here in America being that we are probably one of the only countries that can't seem to figure this pandemic out or at least get it calmed down we chat about what it's like having track closures what it's like training with a team that you can't be around so sit back relax and let's dive into the episode This episode is brought to you by Spot. Guys, I've crashed way more times than I would like to admit, but it wasn't until recently when I was without health insurance that the crash really affected my life. I got stuck with a $5,000 medical bill because I had a deductible with the secondary insurance that I was using, which is a long, long, crazy story. But anyways, long story short, I was stuck with a $5,000 medical bill because that was the deductible. And honestly, if I knew about Spot, I would have totally been covered. Spot has no deductible and is a monthly subscription and can be canceled at any time. Spot works with you whether you have health insurance or not. While Spot works with and covers many cyclists and mountain bikers, Spot policy covers you 24-7 worldwide. Whether you're ripping a crit, skiing a black diamond, chopping your food up in the kitchen, or even hiking Mount Everest. And which is great because I just bought a pair of skis and I'm on my way to head out to the mountains and luckily I will be covered by Spot this go around. So anyways, if you guys want to check out more about Spot, all you have to do is go to croom.getspot.com. That is croom.getspot.com. That's C-R-O-O-M dot getspot.com. You could also just check them out in the link in the description below. And uh, yeah, let's get back to the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting with Lily Williams. How are you doing, Lily? I'm doing great. How are you, John? Good, good, good. So, um, yeah, Lily is a part of Rally, and she is a part of the Women's Team Pursuit team and uh, is current world champion um, in the Team Pursuit, uh, like, which is pretty nuts to think about being that she got on the track just last year. So, uh, yeah, Lily, let's dive into it. Like, you're pretty, you're pretty new to the sport, wouldn't you say? Like, I, I would say. Yeah, I'm finally reaching a threshold where I feel like I'm about to not be new in the sport anymore, but yeah. I'm still kind of new in the sport. Well, it's weird to say, because like we, you know, I also did a podcast with Kelsey Mitchell, who's a world record holder. Uh-huh. And she's real she's, new. <laughs> she's real new to the sport. And then now I'm doing a podcast with a world champion who's also new to the sport. So where did it all start? Why cycling? And yeah, how did, how did you end up as a world champion? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm new to the sport, but I was a runner for like 10 years before. Um, I ran D1 in college, um, cross country and track and field. And I was a 1500 meter specialist. Um, 800 was kind of too short <laughs> and anything longer was kind of too long. Um, so I'm very like, I've been working on that four minute effort for a really long time. Um, so it was a pretty natural um, at least physically progression, um, from, from running to cycling and then specifically from cycling to the team pursuit. Um, but yeah, pretty much was just super burned out after college. I graduated my undergrad in 2016 and went to graduate school in Chicago for a year in 2017. I was like, oh, well, I'm not 
running 70 miles a week anymore. I'm not spending 15 hours of my life training. Um, and not like in the super hard undergraduate program. So I'll get a job. Um, and I started working at a bike shop. Um, and it all kind of just went from there. Like, uh, you know, got my first bikes. Um, I really started in cyclocross. So I did a season of amateur cross in the U S or in Chicago and then rode two seasons for, um, the Pony Shop, which is a um, super big cyclocross shop out of Chicago. Um, and then <clears throat> in 2018, I signed my first pro contract on the road. And um, like early, late, late 2018, early 2019, I got on the track for the first time. Yeah. And, and so, here we are. Yeah. And so how did you, how did you even get reached out for the track? Like, how did that come about? Because I know that was pretty unorthodox, like how it all Yeah. Went. um I think I I don't know if she remembers this but I think Chloe gave my Chloe somehow got in touch with me (laughs) yeah like I have like three texts from Chloe on my phone because everyone uses whatsapp or instagram now and one of them is like you know something random and then the one before is like this long message from Chloe like hey you know I gave your contact info to Gary maybe you should come try the track sometime if you like it um and that would have been in like mid-2018 yeah. And then I had this whole cross season plan. Like I couldn't skip it. I had money funding secured and sponsors to, you know, fulfill obligations to and talk to Gary. And he was like, okay, we'll bring you in after the cross season. Um, and so I came to the Springs, like from Louisville cross nets. I think I went home for like a day and then flew to the Springs and did all the testing and got on the track for the first time. And uh, yeah, technique was pretty shit, um, but uh, the power numbers were good. So I came back for a couple one-on-one camps early on before racing um, with you and Lima last summer. Yeah. And it's not like you just kind of fell into the program. Like, I think a lot of people think that like somebody's fast on the road and they just get pulled out and then they just get thrown into races. But like you were, I think you were coming up here and like, before I even met you, you were doing one-on-one individual camps like working on every bit of technique that you possibly could to figure this out in time. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously the goal would have been to try to fill a spot on the team for Tokyo. Yeah. So the turnaround was expected to be really, really quick. Um, yeah. So I did a lot of one-on-one stuff really early on. Probably came here for three or four weeks, week long camps um, before road, <clears throat> or I guess like, bef- you know, before May of 2019. So it was quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, my road season kind of suffered because of it. So I was taking a big gamble. I was like, hey, I don't even know if I'm going to be good at this. I don't know if I'm going to like it. Um, but I kind of just came all in and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. So when you say your road season suffered, like, what do you mean by that? Like, do you, you think that you just didn't have the volume or like, yeah, or just like the intensity was just too high or mixture? Yeah, I think it was more of a volume thing. Because um, instead of going home between road races and doing like volume blocks at home and climbing and doing whatnot. Um, I lived in Asheville at the time <clears throat> in North Carolina. Um, I would be coming here and doing track stuff and standing yeah. starts and um, <clears throat> flying 500s, which obviously, um, like I was doing well in crits, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I was struggling in, in races that I had not struggled in before on the road. Yeah. And so, and you made, you made a bit of a leap this year. I mean, besides winning the world championships, but also signing to rally uh what what's that kind of been like i mean like transforming into rally um as far as like support uh for Mm. your career and 
And what's it kind of been like just with COVID? Because everybody's kind of uncertain right now. Um, but it seems that Rally's probably the only stable team around. Yeah, it's really stable. Um, and I think it's easy to forget that when you like don't have racing and you're in women's cycling, which isn't particularly lucrative. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but having a team that supports you, a team that supported me going over to Europe, um, a team that's paid all of us through all of this, even though, you know, I did three races, the most people did was like six races. Um, <clears throat> so it's been amazing. I mean, the service course is in golden too. So like equipment and all that is completely covered all the time. I can just go up there and get anything that I need. Um, really open lines of communication among all the staff and all the riders. So there's lots of feedback given both ways about like how we're fulfilling all our obligations. And then on the other hand, like what we need from them in order to train and race well, like at the level we're expected to race at. Um, so all things considered, it's been awesome. Um, I mean, I've never trained this much. <laughs> so yeah. in some ways it's been like kind of a, kind of a nice, uh, summer and, you know, we're heading into the winter now, but just from a pure, like logistical perspective, uh, I think it's gonna, gonna pay dividends next summer. We'll see. Yeah. And I mean, like pretty much right before the country went on lockdown, you had like just won a world title. Um, so is it kind of even sunk in for you that you're, you're a world champion and like, did you expect that going in? What was it? Berlin? Yeah. <clears throat> it's hard to say. Right. I mean, I yeah. think, <laughs> I think everyone knew the team would do well. Mm -hmm. Like that was just, there are like very few times in my life when I've been very confident going into something. And I was very confident going into that world championship that the, that the team is in a good spot. Um, so like with the, we had a big camp leading up to Milton, which was in January of last year, the Milton world cup in Ontario. And then I think we went home for like a week or two and then came back and did a big lead up for worlds that we all knew exactly where we were fitness wise and like how we were riding together and, and the team was selected with um, a little bit of time left. So we had a few weeks to like train specifically with the team before heading to Berlin. And then we had like a week in Berlin to get ready even then. So I think we all felt really prepared and confident. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, cra <laughs> it's definitely crazy. Like when you first start cycling, all you want are rainbow bands or like that just seems like the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to, to be part of a team that was, that's done that is um yeah it's really wild and and the crazy thing is it's never going to go away you know yeah. like no matter what happens in the future like we still won the world championship in you know 2020 yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got really fortunate to have that race before everything shut down too i think looking back now it's kind of like oh man like maybe that <laughs> maybe that shouldn't have happened you know yeah, for sure. And it's funny that you mentioned that because like, you know, I was at Mid-South uh, when the when the world right when it and it almost seemed as if and I keep telling everybody this, but it almost seemed as if like in Stillwater, Oklahoma, there was no such thing as COVID. And it, yeah. And what I mean by that is it's like everybody was taking precaution. Nobody was shaking hands. There was tons of hand sanitizer, but nobody really. You just never realize like when you're at a bike race, it's almost like the outside world doesn't exist like you're just kind of in the moment with the people um yeah. and yeah we just really didn't understand how serious it was and like thinking back on on that now because I was just thinking everybody was nuts like with how quick <laughs> everything was it was yeah. like one day we're 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 living the next day toilet paper sold out the next day the world shut down yeah yes <laughs> 
toilet paper was out of control. And well, it's really funny to look at it now in retrospect, because we're, you know, at over 200,000 cases a day now. People are like, whatever. And then when we had 30,000, everyone was like, shut it down. And everyone's going off on social media. And I'm like, well, all those people who are going off on social media now, you know, there's 200,000 cases and they're doing a fucking group ride. So it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely is. The transition's weird. I think it's also, I think COVID has become a, uh, a convenience thing. So for sure, when, when it's convenient, um, people like to, to blow people up on social media. Um, yeah. But yet they're out doing whatever they would like to do on a daily basis, whether that's out to eat or whatever. Uh, it's just kind yeah. of, it's kind of funny how how some people are looking at this, but anyways, we won't dive into politics or any of that bullshit. Um, so that being said, 2020 was your goal. It's been moved. Now it's 2021. Uh, what is that looking like? Like how's, how's training been? I can't even get out on the track right now, but you, I think are out on the track. Like what are the girls doing? Are you girls even allowed to ride? Cause I think I heard rumor that you guys got back on the track, but then the OTC heard that you guys were riding in line and shut that shit down real quick. <laughs> and I thought that uh, was pretty comical. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny actually. So we, it was shut down until maybe July. I think like it opened July 4th week, week of July okay. 4th is when it opened after the spring lockdown. Um, <clears throat> but it was, um, I'm pretty sure I can't even remember. It's been so long. Um, I'm pretty sure it was separated. So like off-campus people had one session and on-campus okay. people had another session, which is how it is once again. Now they separated us again a few weeks ago okay. um, based on the case rate in the county. Um, so we were on the track and we were obviously using the moto as, as you do on the track. Um, and yeah. And then very quickly they were like, oh yeah, you guys can't be that close together. So there are a few weeks where we weren't allowed to use the moto and then then we were allowed to use the moto and then so we were just kind of doing like just pretty generic track stuff all summer because we weren't as a group obviously um but good like nice for me because i need the track time yeah. um, and then we finally all got back together on and off campus um uh, i think it was right before i left for europe so it must have been like mid-september um and then we had a few weeks when i got back and then they separated it again but you know what? Like, I don't care. They have an exemption from the county to stay open because there haven't there hasn't been an outbreak at the OTC, and there's like a strict protocol in place for um, like using the facilities and all that. So mm-hmm. we're all like, we'll do whatever you want as long as we can get get on the track. Because you know, GB's on the track. You know, Oz is on the track. New Zealand's on the track. Like, we have to be on the track. We yeah. Have no and I think if, but I think if you want to be anywhere in this current moment in time, it's probably like Tasmania, New Zealand, maybe yeah, Australia. Yeah. Cause they could literally just shut that shit down real quick. Like you can't enter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I, I can understand that. But, um, but yeah, so, so that all being said, um, you're a team pursuer, obviously you're still, it's so weird saying you're new to the track cause you're so <laughs> experienced in such a little bit of a time. Um, but is there any mass start aspirations from Lily Williams? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I was, I was talking, I rode with um, our teammate Jen Valenti yesterday or Sunday. 
and I was talking to her because obviously she's our, you know, main master writer. Yeah. Um, she's pretty World legit. Cup overall winner. Yeah. Very legit. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, half the time I'm like, I want to do this. This looks so freaking sick. And then the other half of the time I'm like, there's no way I would be good enough to do that. Um, and, and she was basically just like, well, you're a certain kind of rider and you'd have to ride the races in a certain kind of way. Right. Like yeah. I'm not going to be winning sprints in the points race probably until like the final, you know, once everyone starts getting fatigued is when I'll start getting points in the points race. Like I would have to look for laps and, and run ride a race way differently than Jen would ride a race. But, yeah. um, yeah, I was really hoping to start doing some mass start stuff after, after Tokyo and just like you know, going to Europe and doing some C1s and just getting that experience and seeing NT Town and seeing how it, uh, how it comes together. Well, that's cool. So that, all that aside, you know, what's the road aspirations? I mean, you ride for one of the biggest team, actually the biggest team in the U.S., um, probably one of the bigger domestic um, or pro-continental teams in, in the world um what what are your road aspirations kind of look like like do you have any aspirations of of dabbling in possibly going to road worlds or you know the olympics and on the road because i think i correct me if i'm wrong because you probably know a lot more about this but there's like a pecking order and it, it works like this with every country in the sense yeah. by pecking order i mean like they go okay here's where we win medals okay we have some yeah. here and so if they had to, they would take somebody from the track and ride them at road. Like that's why yeah. Chloe, it works really well for Chloe. Cause it's like, yeah. when you have time trial and you have, you know, track that takes up a spot. And yeah. so, yeah. 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 Obviously our selection is, is just that it's a selection. So like you take in a little bit. That being said, like I can get over stuff. Yeah. Fine. But I don't like to climb. Yeah. I don't like climb. I'm not going to pretend I like to climb. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to focus on what I'm good at and then, you know, work as hard as I can to, like, mitigate damage in the climbing department. Um, and, and I kind of see track as, like, all of the fun part of road, but without racing for four hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that being said, um, I think I'm, like, 100% built, like, classic specialist. Yeah. Um, and we were just over there. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do well at the Giro and, and that doesn't bother me. Like, I don't want to do well at the Giro. I don't want to go to the Giro. Um, I definitely want to go back and do Perry-Roubaix and Flanders and, you know, we just get Webblegum and all the races that, that are normally in the spring, the one days, um, the technical races and the random, like, non-road stuff. Um, so, yeah, I 100% have aspirations to to get to Europe and be on a European team and um and race in europe um obviously during an olympic year when i'm just doing track it's going to be really challenging to like split my time and make sure i stay safe and all that so i wish i could give more to rally this year but they're obviously very understanding and like having people who are selected for the olympics looks good for them so yeah um making that my priority is is helpful for me either way um but yeah it's nice because rally does a split calendar it's a north american team so i'm on a team with english speakers and people i know and staff that i can communicate with and all of those resources healthcare here in the u.s all that good yeah. stuff um but we get to go over and do races in europe um and, and tibco's the same way um so 
there's definitely a, a small but um, good North American contingent that's like helping riders progress from here to there. So it's a good spot to be right now. Right on, and and not to get not to get morbid, not to get dark, but there, there's been rumor that people don't think the Olympics are going to happen for 2021. Like, what's what's kind of your thought? I know you you all of you girls and and Gavin and Hedge and Holloway and all those guys, you guys are training really hard, like as if nothing's going on. Um, but what what's your thoughts? like your personal opinion, like what do you think is going to happen? And then um, how, how are you getting through this? Like, how are you handling this? Yeah. I mean, you just moved here to the Springs. Like, I know it's a loaded question, but, but yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible, right? We've yeah. seen that literally anything is possible this year. Yeah. And for me, it's like, you know, all you can do is expect it to happen. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, like, I don't see any of this as, as wasted time. Mm. Um, it's definitely been development in my cycling career. It's introduced me to, to Sutto, who is like number one guy in the world, you know, like yeah. he is just everything about Gary. Like, I don't know people. I don't know if people come here to do track. I think they come here to, to race and ride for Sutto. Is, yeah. <laughs> at least that's what it's I did. Funny, you know, I was like, it's funny that you mentioned that because we had, we had Magnus on here and like, we've yeah. had a few people on the podcast mention Sutton. And I would love to get him on the podcast, but I feel like he'd just be like, yep, okay, bye. And he would just get out and just like, walk out. So yes, it'd be yes, like yes, a, yes. Yeah, it'd be like a 10-second podcast because uh, he would just want to rush and get off and, and get, get to it. But that's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all the content you yeah. need. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, so he's my exclusive coach now. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with Allison Powers for my first two road seasons um, when I was racing with Superman and um, was still working with her as of, as of worlds. Um, and now I'm just kind of like doing, I mean, Soto is, is as good of a road coach as he is a track coach. So mm-hmm. um, everything that he does is very complimentary. So I feel prepared when I go race on the road. And then obviously, you know, like I'm, I'm riding under the best female endurance coach uh, probably ever on the track. Um, so um, having him, I think has really gotten us all through COVID. Like, I don't think yeah. I can understate how, how helpful he's been because he's not one of those people who's like, Oh, it's going to be fine. You guys are going to be great. It's going to happen. He's like, okay, here's what's happening. Here's how we're going to adjust to it. And here's how we're going to move forward. Like, yeah, it's no always bullshit. a folk. No bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, like he says, you know, yeah. five words on the phone. Like we always are competing to see how long we can get him on the phone. <laughs> like a five <laughs> or six minute call is yeah. like a big day. Yeah. Um, so I think um, that's really kept us through. But at the end of the day, like I was talking to Gavin about this the other day, I want to go to the Olympics. I want to mm-hmm. go to the Olympics. I want to be part of the team that wins a gold medal. Um, but it's not the only thing I want from the sport. Like I want to, yeah, I want to race on the road. I want to live in Europe. Um, I want to just do it as long as I can. Cause I mean, how, you know, it's obviously kind of a hard, hard lifestyle and, you know, yeah crash and you get hurt and you don't make any money and um you're foregoing your education and all of like the more lucrative job opportunities you could probably earn and um all that like especially here in the U.S. I think it's pretty challenging but at the end of the day like I'd never traveled out of the country before I started cycling and now I've been to you know like Belgium the Netherlands (laughs) Peru Bolivia (laughs) uh Austria like all these places um, and I would never have gone probably to those places if I had just matriculated out of school and started working somewhere. 
Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to be said for it. And I think that, yeah, even if the Olympics doesn't happen, it's still like what I want to be doing. No, yeah. And that's, and that's inspirational. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to get like a pro's perspective. Cause I think, I think this is a beautiful time as morbid as that sounds in the sense of, <laughs> in the sense of that we're all kind of on the same level. Like we're all dealing with the same yeah. issues. Like just because you can't go to the grand Fondo, you can't go to the Olympics. Like, and I know yeah. those are two different, you know, events, but to some people that grand Fondo is their Olympics, you know, and it's, yeah, it's wild to think about. It's crazy. It's crazy to kind of sit down and think about, but to kind of get off the morbidness, uh, let's dive into the women's team pursuit. Um, we've traveled together. We know that we we get lucky enough to room with our favorite roommates, and so mm. I gotta know I gotta know who. If you're getting roomed with somebody, who is it? Who who do you want to be roomed with, and why? I'll be honest. I will room with whoever tolerates my snoring. It's yeah. like a very unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> something. Is like yeah. And Emma and I roomed together uh, in Europe for a few weeks this past like roadblock too, because yeah. no one else can sleep in the same same room with me. Um, yeah. So um, that's great. And then me and Emma will like talk into the night about, you know, what the fuck ever. Um, yeah. So she's obviously always like real fun to have around. And then like after the racing's over, <laughs> like, you know, we go and have fun together. Um, yeah. So it's good to have a roommate who like wants to go do other stuff. Um, my other favorite roommate is probably Maddie Godby, um, yeah. who also, I, I think she um, tolerates my snoring less, but like, we'll just lay there and, and read our Kindles like for four hours and not say a word and it's perfect. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was that guy on the, on the team pursuit squad where I, just put me with whoever, like I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a good balance. I didn't really care. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. I don't care. And it's, but I know other people care. <laughs> oh yeah. And other people do. And that's totally fine. Like we're, and, and for like certain people, like, I mean, certain people are racing later in yeah. the week than we are. Like sometimes we race early in the week. And, and so like sleep schedules, like some people stay up. I, and that's something that I learned really quick. Like Danny Summerhill, he'll love yeah. saying this. I don't, know what <laughs> he it, would. I don't know what it is. He, he is the guy Playing that Cod. we never, yeah, well that's, that's Shane Klein. And then, and then Danny likes to sit on Instagram until I don't know, two in the morning, but I've never actually really roomed with Danny. Um, I've just, I just heard the stories. Um, there's a few people that I haven't roomed. I don't think I've roomed with Colby or Danny Summerhill, but those are probably the yeah. three people like between me, him and Colby, we could room with just about anyone. Um, and mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, we always got paired with just about anyone. Um, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it was, it, yeah. it's good fun. So that's, that's good to know. Um, and then, so, so now that like you've, you've, you've got, we've, we've figured out your roommate situation. Mm -hmm. What's one crazy story. This is an unfiltered podcast. I obviously don't want to get you in trouble. Um, and I've had, I've had some write-ins that I should, uh, I should pull up more world cup stories. And I, I think it's kind of funny because I don't want to turn this one. I haven't been to enough track cycling world cups to tell these world cup stories. Yeah. But uh, they want me to do this like anonymous podcast where essentially I have these athletes talking about these crazy track World Cup stories. And I'm just like, oh, uh, yeah, 
<laughs> but Gavin uh, wants to do that podcast. I know. I know. Gavin, Gavin's one of the first people that mentioned it. And then I had a few others from Canada, which hopefully they're listening. <laughs> yeah, that have mentioned me to do this. And, uh, but yeah, what's a, what's a crazy story or a funny story that you have from world cup that, uh, that you would like to share with the listeners if you have one. Oh man. Um, well, I haven't been to that many either, so I'm gonna like go through them. I went well, to Cochabamba and, and 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 Lima will count if you have any stories from those events. Those are pretty uneventful, though. I think for the most part. No, obviously. we were on we were on lockdown. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say those <laughs> count. Lima was like it was my first one, so I was really excited for like the first two or three days, and then after that, I was like, you know, I'm not really enjoying this very much. Yeah, <laughs> and then I brutal. stayed. Yeah, I was there until the end. So I was there for like 10 days. And I just didn't know that normally we get sent home. So I was just like there in Lima, you know, and it was like 800% humidity and also, you know, cold. So and then I got sick. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, Wait, you didn't fly home with us? I flew home with you guys. But right. we raced, we must have, was the men's team pursuit later? We raced. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we were there I, forever. I, 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 so you didn't race the road Pan American Games, though. <laughs> oh hell no! Okay. No. <clears throat> Although yeah. I, we I considered it. Yeah, because like I know there were some talks there with some of the athletes about doing the road race. Obviously, that conversation never yeah. came up with me. Um, but uh, but yeah, the conversation did happen, and and I think the only person yeah. was Chloe. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have any crazy, like, real crazy stories. I mean, even if I'm, like, going out and partying at the World Cups, like, I really just can't, I can't drink very much anymore. Like, yeah. two drinks, and I'm like, all right, guys, like, time for me to go to bed. Like, yeah. you know, in college, who, who knows how much I drank, a lot. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I'm old. Um, yeah. Me and Emma had a very nice day in Brisbane when we were there. We, like, went for kangaroos and, like, got food and, like, walked around. Um and we had a nice day, <laughs> nice day in Milton too. We went into Toronto, into Toronto and got coffee and walked around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not, unfortunately, nothing too crazy. I mean, on Superman, we did some crazy shit that Let's we probably it. shouldn't have. Uh, well, stories. always at Tulsa, right? Oh well, Scott Law gave us because you know? I asked him the same question, and he yeah. went straight back to Elevate KHS <laughs> and went yeah. to Tulsa Tough. So let's hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, last year. We all went, including my director, who just like wore pajamas. I don't know. We went to the club. The, there was like a sound pony, was, the wait was too long, and everyone was like, yeah, you know, we're not, we don't need to be in there. So we went to the Majestic or wherever the like main party was last year. Uh, we all just got pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I had to, you know, take a taxi home and all, you know, all that good stuff. It felt like school again. Um, yeah. Nothing too crazy, honestly. Nothing too out of the ordinary well, yet. Well, think, Maybe a few more years in cycling. Yeah, I think I think we'll get we'll get like a post Tokyo story, um, and and mm. definitely I think I think the listeners have come to the conclusion that hopefully the COVID goes away so they can make their own sound pony story, because nine times out of ten <laughs> a sound pony story starts out with them going, yeah, I got this crazy story from Tulsa. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then it's like yeah. yeah, we got really drunk, and it's like. And yeah, I can't remember, but it was nuts. It was <laughs> but nuts I loved it, and I loved it. So, yeah. Anyways, I don't want to keep you too late tonight. Um, I do have one last and final question for you, and that okay. is, um, 
our coffee and van chats segment where I ask you if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual mm. dead or alive, how would you take your coffee and who would that person be and why? Mm. So I probably get, well, it depends on the time of day, of course, and it depends on the weather. If I'm going out for a coffee and it's a, a cloudy day, I'm definitely going to get a milk drink. Um, okay. But if I'm, you know, I'm not super into fancy pour over. So it's rare that I would get a pour over. I'd probably get an Americano or something if it's like a not cloudy day, something a little lighter than a milk yeah. drink. Um, man, I mean, that's a good question. It wouldn't be an athlete. Like I talk to enough athletes and I'm in this all the time anyway. So I'm like not that interested in that. Um, it'd probably be a musician or okay. a music artist. Um, like the one that comes to mind first because I was looking at her Instagram today is probably Grimes. She's the girl who has the child with Elon Musk. Um, yeah. And obviously she's been like a little, you know, like she's a super cool um, like electronic artist from Vancouver. Um, and she's all about like, you know, smash the patriarchy and all um, a lot of like really good social justice stuff. And then um, there was some backlash when she got with Elon Musk because obviously, you know, he, his company exploits people all over the world but yeah, <laughs> she's just yeah. cool she's just cool like she's got good style she makes great music um uh, she doesn't give a fuck so probably her but I did see her live once and she was a bit frenetic so I don't know if like we would really end up actually talking about anything I don't know if she would take well the coffee either but yeah well I mean and that's and that's another thing like if you have to like if it has to be a beer it's a beer it's okay it could be a beer Makes whatever and that's and <laughs> yeah that, and that's that's what i've found with this question it always it always is like well i don't know if that individual would want coffee it's like i think mm. they might want a scotch or they might want a beer or whatever but anyways um thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and i wish you the best of luck and it's been you know again i am super thankful because we've been trying to do this for I know. Ever now. And so, <laughs> I know. And, and I take that. You just got a plan. You just got to commit. I know. And I take that shit for granted. It's like between you, Lambie, um, and like people that I, I can grab really quick. Like I'm just. Yeah, like, yeah, no. I sense. take it for granted. And so, yeah. I'm so yeah, I'm just going to drop you <laughs> out of spite. <laughs> right on. So anyways, well, thanks again, uh, guys. If you would like to check out Lily's social media, it's going to be down in the link in the description below. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Other than that, we'll see you next time. Cheers.